listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday the 8th of February 2023. Later we'll take a look at the sectors to do well in a rising inflationary environment. But first we're going to follow up on the RBA's decision yesterday when it lifted official interest rates by 25 basis points to 3.35%. Now that could impact those households aged between 25 and 44 the most because according to economists at UBS, they've run down their extra savings built during the pandemic, as opposed to those who are over 65, they have $141 billion worth still. For more, I spoke earlier with UBS Chief Economist, George Theranu. So George, you've now had 24 hours to digest the rates decision. To what extent are you surprised at the RBA's hawkishness? Clearly the RBA was more hawkish than expected by most in the market. Now the decision on 25 basis points was largely as expected, but it was more the comments where the RBA had not spoken to the market for a few months and there was a lot of uncertainty about the outlook. Similarly, the RBA was looking at global central banks that slowed down their rate rises and even signaled pause. But in contrast, they actually were more hawkish, now signaling further increases over coming months. Those increases, what do you think? Do you think that means one or two? Well, it's definitely the case that the RBA is very likely to raise rates at the next meeting and the market's pricing has reflected that change. So we're in the period where the RBA is still raising rates at every meeting since I started hiking. But I do think the market reaction is overdone and now markets are pricing rate rises towards 4%. In other words, the RBA continues to raise rates three or four times over the short term. I think that's too aggressive because if the RBA were to deliver such a fast pace of tightening, the probability of a recession and hard lending for the economy does materially increase. Okay, so is there a chance that the RBA is getting all of this wrong? Does the economy really need further tightening at this level, another one or two rate rises, especially as you mentioned when the rest of the world seems to be pulling back uh, the the, the pace of those increases? And to what extent, as you mentioned, is there that risk of a recession? I think the shorter answer is the higher rates go, the less you need to keep tightening because of the lags of policy. So there's been a very substantial increase in interest rates already around the largest on record, obviously coming from an extremely low level due to COVID easing. But the closer we get to a point of restrictive rates, the more likely it is that the RBA is going to have to reverse course. And so the probability is now that the RBA seems willing to raise rates more aggressively on the back of higher inflation, but is yet to signal the fact that they probably will end up cutting rates later this year or into 2024 to actually support the economy at some point. So you speak of this household cash flow crunch that's coming ahead. How serious will this be and what are the implications? So households during COVID enjoyed enormous cash handouts and so they built up very large buffers, some are around $200 billion or around 10% of annual GDP. Now we're through the period where households were given cash and now there's a lot of fiscal consolidation, but households want to spend. They've seen the economy reopen and the weather's improved after a couple of terrible years. So households are basically revenge spending right now and actually have used up a lot of that excess cash. So for now, there's a willingness for households to keep spending quickly above their income growth and run down savings while they feel secure in their jobs. But if the labour market wants to soften and unemployment pick up as we expect, then we think households will face a cash flow crunch and you'll see consumption slow quite sharply. And that really reflects the combination of the lagged impact of rate rises and the fact that many households during COVID borrowed on fixed mortgage rates. 
So their interest payments were more than double overnight as they switched to variable loans, particularly from the middle of 2023. Okay, so which household group is likely to suffer the most from this crunch? And, and what are the outcomes? How serious is it? Well, the middle income age groups are the ones that are facing the biggest crunch in cash flow. Because basically during COVID, they're the ones who borrowed the money to buy the homes at very elevated prices. So we've seen the increase in excess saving of around $200 billion, very unevenly distributed, where the vast majority of that is now held by elder households, who basically have been unable to spend the cash. Now they're starting to, but it's really those middle-aged households who have actually now are running a trend of excess savings below the pre-COVID levels. They've actually had to draw down on savings already. So there's an unsustainable rate of spending for that middle-aged cohort, which will then really face the combination of the lagged impact of rate rises on their debt levels and the likelihood that as the labour market softens, the really booming income growth they're receiving at the moment does start to moderate as well. Can we explore a little bit more that that, that, that flip side, the, the retirees, the, the over-65s? Mm. To what extent are, are they in a better position as interest rates start rising? And as you mentioned, they've got this, this wad of cash sitting there. Yeah, older households who generally are retirees, are the ones who have built up the excess cash. And really for the first time in decades since the GFC, those households are net beneficiaries of rising interest rates. In fact, their net income is going to go up quite substantially as they roll over onto higher term deposits. And they're also benefiting from the fact that they've seen quite strong gains in equity markets as well. So this is a change in consumer dynamics where basically for the last 15 years, the savers have been punished and the borrowers have been rewarded, but now it's switching around the other way. So the issue, I guess, for the broader economy is that those middle-aged people who do have the debt are out one-third of total consumption. So it is quite a serious impact where it's going to cause, as the Governor Lowe said yesterday, a significant squeeze on those middle-aged buckets. And they're going to be facing a lot of cost-living pressures as well. There are things like private education, even things I want to spend on, like travel and discretion areas, have had very high inflation rates. So their actual free cash flow is probably going to turn negative, yet those older households are going to have flush cash and they're going to probably keep spending for a period. George Theranu there, the Chief Economist at UBS. To the Australian share market, which recovered today, the ASX 200, 7,530. That's a rise of 0.35%. For more, I spoke earlier with Adam Dawes from Shaw & Partners. Yeah, it's really interesting. We saw a knee-jerk reaction to the market and the, the interest rate decision, but now the market's gone back to starting to buy again. So I think we've t- definitely taken it in our stride and we're looking for more opportunities going forward. But certainly the RBA has said that there's going to be more interest rate rises going forward. So we're a little bit cautious on how that's going to play out for 2023. Yeah, so what's the fallout been like today? Where have the movers been? Well, certainly the the, the fallout has been limited because the the market is up today, but certainly some of the the winners is something like a Suncorp or or even a Borrell, where they're really talking about how uh, interest rates have affected them, but moving forward, they should be able to take that in, in, in their stride. Can you go into more detail? We had profit numbers from Suncorp and Borrell, so I'm curious to know how inflation and interest rates impact their business. Yeah, so Suncorp said their first half profit rose by 44%. But that was certainly helped by a release of potential sort of other businesses or insurance claims that they had. And Suncorp basically said that they've lifted their dividend from 33 cents from 23 cents. So things are going well for them. But inflation certainly does infect insurance businesses as well as borrow. 
quarrel and remember if you remember had a lot of is- issues and La Nina and those kinds of things as well as the Suncorps and IAGs of the world but Suncorp's been able to raise their premiums and that's certainly helped their profitability and potentially the La Nina has now started to subside so Boral is also looking to do quite well but it's been a tough to a start for 2023 for both those businesses. So in this environment, we're still seeing higher interest rates. Inflation still quite high in Australia as well. Where do you see the opportunities for investors? To be honest, I actually see the opportunity in the consumer staple sector. So Metcash, Woolworths or Coles. They are, if, you're not, if you don't have as much discretionary spend, you're going to eat at home. And hence their basket size for Woolworths and Coles is going to increase. So I really see there's opportunities for those consumer staple businesses that's really where we see uh, opportunities. But also Woolworths has done a, a really good job in marketing themselves, green, all of those kinds of things. And I think that's a fantastic opportunity for investors in 2023. Adam Dawes there from Shaw & Partners. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.